The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with us as we come together to worship God, whether in Springfield Church or hearing this as a podcast. All are welcome in this place. And from the prophet Isaiah, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it's springing forth. Do you not perceive it? First hymn, which I'm afraid is only for listening. We're going to have the words so we can reflect on the words of the hymn. And this is Before the World Began. Hopefully.
a reminder that we gather in the Easter faith of the church. There's a sense for us in the church that every time we worship, it is Easter. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish authorities, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. We come before God in prayer. Let us pray. Living God, you give us that image as we gather together of the disciples in lockdown, the disciples behind locked doors, the disciples fearful, worried, and anxious. And it is an image that seems so contemporary to our world at a time when so many are fearful and anxious, at a time when so many are tempted to be drawn into an atmosphere, even a culture of fear. But you remind us in that lovely picture of the upper room, of the Christ who comes into the locked down place, the Christ who comes into the fearful place. You remind us of the Christ who comes into the anxious place and breathes peace, peace be with you. And you remind us that that peace is for body, for mind, for spirit, that peace that pervades everything that remakes us, that renews us, that releases us. And you remind us of the Christ who comes into that place of lockdown and who releases the disciples and leads them by the hand from fear to faith. And so we gather here that our faith might be renewed. If the flame has grown a bit dim in these difficult days, we come that that flame might be rekindled, that your Holy Spirit might fan it back into vibrant life. As we gather, we know that in many ways, we lock down ourselves, not just at this time of crisis, but sometimes we lock down, we close down against those around us, those who are difficult or who irritate us or who have hurt us and we go into lockdown and sometimes when we are faced with all the problems of our world that seems so huge and too much for us we go into lockdown also forgive us you would release us from every kind of lockdown from every kind of being closed up in our hearts and you open us up so today from lockdown by word and spirit you move us to open up to open up to all that you are doing in these difficult but also in these days of opportunity in these exciting days as you lead us on be with us continue with us in the name of Christ Amen And can we hear the scriptures? The first reading is from the epistle to the Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders 
and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. The second reading is from the book of Matthew, chapter 14, verses 22 to 36. Jesus walks on the water. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. When he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me! Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. When they had crossed over, they landed in Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak. And all who touched were healed. Amen. Thank you, Simon. And may the word of God be a blessing to all of us. Another hymn to listen to. Be still for the presence of the Lord, the Holy One is here.
Let us pray. The living God, speak to us the word we need to hear, even and especially at this time. In the name of Christ, amen. Well, I'm just looking around me. Strange days. I have to say you all look like something from a Salvador Dali surrealist painting. Strange days, and to paraphrase Captain Kirk in Star Trek, it's church gym, but not as we've known it. I think if somebody had shown us a film, this time last year of us sitting here all wearing face masks and following a path of arrows laid out on the floor, we would have thought it was a wind-up if they told us this was the future, at least for a time. And neither did we imagine when it all started that it would go on so long. When I applied to extend my tenure here because of the crisis, I was told it really wasn't necessary. There was no reason to imagine it would not be over by the 30th of June. I right. Here we are more than five months into a strange new kind of living. So what's the word for these strange and perplexing times? I don't know about you, but I often find it easier to think in terms of pictures rather than ideas or arguments. And scripture gives us so many wonderful images that shape us, that inspire us, that get inside us. For example, Jesus in his stories gave us so many pictures. The Samaritan kneeling down by the battered man at the side of the road. The father embracing the homecoming son, the wee boy handing over his lunch of five loaves and two fishes. So many images and pictures and metaphors that get inside us and shape us and renew us and make us rethink how we see the world. Our gospel reading today gives us a very powerful image. It's a story that's got many layers of meaning. The disciples are in dire straits. They're struggling against adversity on the lake. It's stormy. They're, the wind is against them. There's a phrase for you. The wind is against them. Often we feel that is our story. The wind is against us. And Jesus comes to these struggling disciples in their fear, walking on the water if you like, walking on the storm. He tells them not to be afraid. It is I, he assures them. And then he enables Peter to climb out of the boat and walk on the water. What a powerful image. Peter does fine as long as he keeps his eyes on the master, as long as he keeps his eyes on Christ. But when he shifts his focus to the depths of turbulent sea beneath his feet, he starts sinking. I think that's a powerful image for challenging days, a story that came out of challenging days. The boat, of course, is an early piece of symbolism of the tiny, vulnerable church. Often tossed around on a stormy, frightening sea, as in our reading, for the wind was against them. 
a story that was loved in the days of struggle, of persecution right at the beginning of the church. People huddled together in the catacombs of Rome or behind locked doors in various hiding places across the Roman Empire. The very understandable temptation for those Christians would have been to use or rather to misuse the church as a hideaway, an escape route from a scary world. Maybe that's a temptation for the church in every age. Well, in these days when church buildings have been closed, we have been forced out of the boat, if you like. And maybe you could say that we've been learning in a way to walk on water. We've been learning new ways, ways that can seem at times quite difficult, challenging, perhaps even threatening. I had a lovely story from one of my colleagues in a large town parish church. He simply made it known in his newsletter, on his podcast or whatever, that at certain times during the week, he would be there sitting outside in the church gardens, outside the church building that was closed still. He tells me that many people just passed by and stopped to speak to him. And he had amazing conversations. Coronavirus has been a terrible thing. But maybe the church being pushed out of the boat, out of the building, having to learn to walk on water has been a good thing in many ways. So many congregations have drawn closer to their parishes through reaching out in new and innovative ways. No longer could we say, well, this is the way we've always done it and this is the only way we're going to do it. We've had to learn new ways. And that's true of ourselves. So that image of learning to walk on the water is a descriptive one. At the beginning of it was a big question. How can we stay together as a church when the building is closed? But somebody said early on, the building's closed, the church is open. I think we've been brought back to a truer grasp of who we are as a church in these days. And that's something you need to carry with you into the vacancy. Christ's word to the disciples was simple. Do not fear. I don't know if you agree with me, but I think one of the real dangers of these days has been of producing a culture of fear. On television, the constant emphasis on the news, the constantly going into situations of loss and grief, which is terrible, but it's almost got everybody at times living within a culture of fear. I remember one elderly person said to me, I don't want to die at this time because my family won't get to the funeral. And there's a kind of real culture of anxiety and fear that's been rising up. And that's why this word today is so powerful because it came out of a time when the church was in danger of giving in to a very real culture of fear because of persecution. They were no longer just a sect or a group within Judaism and no longer with that relative protection as part of Judaism under the Roman Empire. There was a sort of grudging respect for Judaism. They were now separate and they were out on a stormy sea on their own. And so Matthew brings this word to people who are tempted to give in to a real culture fear. And to those early nervous believers, the word comes ringing through the darkness of hard times. Do not be afraid, it is I. 
And the great I am, who is Christ, calls them and us to get out of the boat onto the stormy seas. I think Peter is very much a picture of the church here. The church starting off so well, fixing her gaze on Christ, looking to Christ, but then getting fearful, anxious, panicking. Instead of looking at Christ, focusing on the stormy circumstances, on the waves beneath their feet, and really panicking. Help, Lord, I'm drowning. Sometimes in different circumstances. Maybe that is our prayer too. We seem to be drowning under our worries, anxieties, difficult circumstances. Peter is okay until he shifts his focus. We need to listen well to this story. In a world so easily taken over by a culture of fear, we need to make sure we're embodying the church a culture of hope, grounded in the Christ who says, do not be afraid, it is I. There's something wonderful about people who breathe hope wherever they go. I think this is a picture for you and me at this time, sad time for me, of parting. There are so many issues in the time of anxiety and time of vacancy. It would be easy for you to focus on anxieties and worries rather than faith. So easy to focus on the waves rather than on the Christ who strides over them. Keep your eyes fixed on Christ. As we read in our epistle, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely. Let us run with perseverance the race set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Looking to Jesus. A simple word. Keep your eyes on the Master. And I suppose in a strange way I'll be like Peter. I'll be leaving the boat, which is CKS, leaving behind my identity as a parish minister. And some retired ministers tell me that's quite a hard thing to come to terms with. And finding a new role, a new purpose. It'll be strange to be a member of somebody else's church, of another minister's church. And forging, if you like, a different identity. And I too will be learning to walk on water. You too will have questions to ask about your identity as the church, about what are your central purposes, priorities for you, for me. The days after the 31st August will be a challenge, but surely an exciting challenge for you and for me. And for you and for me, the word is the same. Step onto the waves of the future in faith. Hear the word of the Christ who says, do not be afraid, it is I. May you all know the presence of Christ and especially so in stormy times when the wind is against you. In the name of Christ. Amen. We're going to have a piece of music now. Time to reflect on these thoughts from Scripture.
Let us pray. Loving Father, your gifts to us are continually renewed. You are the well of all our strength. We praise you as we return to a familiar pattern of worship. The world has changed since we last met together, and we pray for those whose lives have also been changed. We pray for those throughout the world whose health has been damaged by the new coronavirus, and for those who suddenly find themselves grieving for those on whom they depended and for those they loved. We pray for those whose employment has disappeared and who must now seek new ways to support themselves and their families. We pray for those whose exam results have been cast into doubt and whose future and careers have been threatened. We pray for those in Beirut who must cope with a new catastrophe as well as a new disease. And for those in Mauritius whose beautiful island has been threatened by the greed and negligence of unaccountable strangers. And we continue to pray for those whose misfortunes have been almost forgotten, victims of war and revolution, as well as famine and global warming. We pray for the thousands of families who have been driven from their homes, for those undertaking dangerous journeys through unfriendly lands, bearing no less than their hopes and their talents, exploited, degraded, unwelcomed, abused, and continually forgotten. And we pray for those working to bring peace and justice to the world, those in positions of power in politics and in the media who work for the improvement of society rather than narrow political or financial gain. And we pray for the thousands who look after us, often without recognition or proper reward. We pray for those in laboratories and clinics seeking a vaccine which will put an end to the pandemic. And when they are at last successful, we pray that the vaccine may be freely distributed without considering the cost to everyone in the world for the sake of all your children. Amen. Thank you, Simon. Just before we listen to one other hymn, can I remind you if at the end everybody goes out the other door, the door beside the organ, um, so we can be doing things properly. Thanks, Simon, for sharing the service. And thanks for everybody for coming um, and putting up with the restrictions and so on. And thanks for having me as well. Thank you. Our final hymn. Lord of all hopefulness, Lord of all joy. So may we truly be a people of hope in all our living.
the blessing. And now go forth in peace to love and to serve the Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit remain with you today and forever. Amen. Let's just sit for a moment as we listen to the music, and then when I go, you might like to follow. <laughs>